All right. Now, listen, when you're reading your Bible, uh, you know, some people say, well, I opened the Bible and pointed my finger and there was this great message. I don't recommend you do that. (laughs) You might wind up on, you know, you might be in a bad mood and wind up on Judas Iscariot hanging himself or something like that. But having said that, let's look at Psalm 103. You say, how come? Because I opened it up right there, and there it was. started reading it, and I liked what I read. Amen. I've been preaching on Ephesians, and I was planning on preaching from Ephesians tonight. But I'll make you a promise. If this message don't turn out good and right like I thought it would, I'll go on ahead over there to Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll have at it. Amen. <laughs> I, didn't hear many, I didn't hear many amens right there, but... Uh, he said, well, don't threaten us, Brother Mike. We don't take it that way, man. You're not taking it like a joke, amen? Psalm 103, let's read this. Let me go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll read a little bit here in Psalm 103. Lord, I do thank you for your goodness tonight. We've come to you already in prayer, and thank you for your goodness, but it, it'll do for us uh, real good to thank you again and ask you to be merciful to us again and ask you to forgive our sins again And, Lord, you're faithful to us, and we thank you for that. And, God, uh, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful to you, God. And I believe a lot of times uh, we're not as faithful as we ought to be because we're fleshly men, and we're men that's not mindful of your goodness. And the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And, Lord, uh, Paul says in one place, he said that he wrote a letter and, and scolded the Corinthians, and that led them to godly repentance, and godly sorrow led them to repentance. And you said also that uh, that your, your goodness leads men to repentance. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight just to talk a few minutes about your goodness. And I'll thank you, God, for what you do. Lord, take the Scripture and make it a blessing to people's heart, God. And you told Abraham uh, that you was going to bless him and that you was going to make him a blessing. And, Lord, I, I think about that tonight, God. The Scripture is a blessing. You've blessed it, and, Lord, you've, you've uh, preserved it. And, Lord, I pray that it would be a blessing here tonight. And I thank you, God, for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Amen. All right, Psalm chapter 103, verse number 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now that's a great verse of scripture right there, and that's a great mouthful. And I've just got a sneaking suspicion that most of what's wrong in your life has probably come from the fact that you hadn't blessed the Lord for all of his goodness to you. Amen. Now I could preach a lot of things, and there's a there's a whole big Bible here, and we've preached a lot of Bible over the last ten years. But I'm telling you, uh, I, I, maybe I hadn't spent quite enough time on stuff like this as I ought to have, and I'm not going to second guess myself now. But I tell you what, tonight uh, there is a great need among Christians for them to bless the Lord. And I don't mean just this surface, you know, come to church, thank God for this, thank God for that, thank God for this, and go home and not think about the Lord all week, amen? I'm, that's, that's just putting on a show. And I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times, it's easy to play church, but it ain't going to be too easy to play whatever you're going to find out there in eternity. You can't play hell. Amen. You just can't do that. You can't play like once you, once you die and meet the reality of your life and meet the reality of what you're going to receive at the judgment and meet the reality of your works at the end of your days, it's going to be too late to go back and bless the Lord for all the things he's done for you. Of course, I'm not saying you won't be able to bless him in eternity, but listen, this life is your opportunity. This life is your opportunity to be saved. This life is your opportunity to work for the Lord. Lord, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, the Bible says. This is your opportunity to get saved. This is your opportunity to work, and this is your opportunity to be a mouthpiece for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ's sake, as though God did beseech you by us. Be ye reconciled unto God. This is your opportunity to be a witness. Amen. This is your opportunity right here. You can praise him. You can shout it out once you get in eternity and got a glorified body, and it'll be easy to shout then. 
It'll be easy to praise the Lord then. You'll have a glorified body. You'll have a glorified mind. But all the wonders of a depraved mind, of a sick mind, of a sick body, of a sick outlook, of a sick viewpoint, that can stand up and say, God has been far better to me than I deserve. Amen? To be able to praise God with this feeble, feeble mouth. Amen? Oh, Paul over there in the book of Hebrews, I do believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but in the book of Hebrews, he talks about divine service in an earthly vessel, an earthly tabernacle. He's talking about that old tabernacle, that tent that Moses built out there in the wilderness. Sticks and stones, a little bit of gold covering up some wood. And they took things of this earth. They took feeble elements and put them together and used it to worship God. And ain't it a wonderful thing that God could take this old dirt and make it into this flesh and this flesh would go astray and do its own thing and tell dirty jokes and watch dirty movies and do all the sinful things in the world that'll break this body. And then God come down and forgive you of these sins and next thing you know, that lip that was guzzling booze is howling, hallelujah! Thank the Lord for his goodness. That's what half of your problem is. He said he didn't say bless the Lord on my mouth. He said bless the Lord on my soul. That's where true shouting comes from. That's, that's where true hooping and hollering revival comes from. It comes from somewhere down inside that's been changed. Somewhere, not, not somewhere down inside that's trying to make believe or get over or get away from something or get away with something. A true shout, a true blessing the Lord comes from way down deep where God's done a work in your heart and life. Amen. You know why a bunch of Christians can't get involved with that? Because they're so-called Christians that God ain't never done nothing down there. They said three little words of a prayer, God save me. And somebody told them that was the magic ticket into heaven. And there ain't been no conviction. There ain't been no stirring. There ain't been no moving down in their soul. And God hasn't done nothing for them yet. They think nothing that they can see. But I can tell you this. If you're sitting here lost today, God give you the opportunity to be here. If you're sitting here lost today, God gave you the opportunity to get up on two legs and walk. That's blessing enough, amen. I'm not so sure if I wouldn't lost I'd stand up and say, hallelujah on credit, amen, just because God let me be here. You can't be depressed and, and, and have a blessing down in your soul at the same time. Them two don't like one another. They're like two old ladies in a Baptist church. They don't get along together. <laughs> a blessed soul and a depressed soul, they, 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 they it's like the Bible says, what? What what does Levi, what does what does Belial have to do with the temple of God? What, what does what does your body have to do with all these sinful things? If you're part of the body of Christ, Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He said, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me." Bless His holy name. You know what? Part of the problem is some of that stuff down in your soul can't bless the Lord. Amen. It's hard to shout on the walking dead, ain't it? Huh? It's hard to shout on old Bo Cephas, ain't it? Uh-huh. You singing how great thou art in here, but down at the workplace, you all your exes live in Texas. And, huh? Mm-hmm. That's the way they do, Brother Henry. They said, listen to that stuff all week, and they come in here. You ask them what their favorite gospel group is, they'll tell you Travis Triet. Randy Travis, whatever his Travis name is, amen? That's part of what's wrong with you, amen? That's the wrong blessing. That's the wrong blessing. Boy, I tell you what, let me have the keys to your car and let me go out there and thumb through your radio while you sit in here and y'all watch and see how many sweat drops pop out on their forehead, amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. You say, well, Brother Mike, you can't tell me what to listen to. I ain't telling you what to listen to. I'm telling you what's wrong with your soul that it can't praise the Lord. And we come in here, good preaching, come in here, good singing. You can hear the crickets outside. You can hear the toad frogs outside over the shouting. You folks do. You say, why? Because you ain't right with God. Amen. 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 
I don't got a lot of lungs, but when I hear something I like come out of the pulpit, amen. Yeah. Good. That's the same thing you say down at the, down at the house and down at the ball game. You say, oh, good. Oh, goody, goody. Amen. You have yourself a fit. Because mm-hmm. that stuff's blessing your flesh. Then you wonder why you feel so bad. Why do I feel so bad? Why, why do I feel so bad? Why, why is it so hard for me? Why, because you're feeding the flesh. Amen. You ought to be feeding your soul. Do you think there's anything to shout about? Being saved, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Is there anything in you that can't bless his name? I don't have to preach too much of a message right there. You can probably think, you can probably think real clear right now about the things in your life that distract you from praising the Lord. Amen. You can probably sit there right on your pew and close your eyes for just a minute and think of something you thought, something not just that you thought, but you dwelt on it that stole your joy right today. Stole your joy right today. Amen. Amen. You know what I recommend to every Christian, whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, one of the worst times of the day is when you first wake up. Wake up and lay there in the bed doing nothing and the flesh is grieved because it has to wake up. One of the worst things you can do is lay in that bed. The worst thoughts you ever thought will come through there. The worst depression you'll ever have will come through there at that time of the morning. You say, why? Because that's the time of day this flesh is supposed to be dying. The Bible says you're supposed to take that flesh out there about 5 o'clock in the morning and put it in a hole and leave it there. When you go to bed tonight, it'll creep up out of the hole like the walking dead, and it'll come back and jump in your body again, and you'll wake up with him again in the morning. Something stinks. You say, that's your breath. No, this old flesh. This old flesh is stealing my joy. It's stealing your joy, too. It steals you teenagers' joy. This flesh, it steals you teenage joy. Amen? Mm. That's exactly right. I'm not going to get to do what I want to do. You don't need to do what you want to do. You're too dumb to make up your mind about what you ought to do. Amen? And that's you teenagers that's in your 20s and 30s I'm talking to. (laughs) Amen? But let's don't leave out the actual teenagers. Amen? You don't know what's going on in your head. Amen? If you've got a Bible and a mom and daddy that's throwing the rules down on you, you ought to stand up right now and say, Hallelujah. Thank God for the protection I got. But you ain't going to do that because Brother Mike's stupid and all this is crazy and you can't wait to get out of it. And one of, you, one of these days you're going to find yourself in a hole you cannot get out of. No matter how smart you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter how popular you are, you are not going to be able to find the answer to that nagging down in your heart because you don't love Jesus. That's what the problem is. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. The mully grub's got to leave. You start blessing the Lord. Bless the Lord. Verse 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, see, he told you to bless the Lord with all that was in you. That ought to have been enough, but God knows people. God could say, Bless the Lord. Now, he could sneak up on you and say, Bless the Lord. He could come to you and say, Brethren, I would that you would bless the Lord. Or he could act like a country preacher and say, bless him, bless him. And he probably couldn't move half of us that way. Just tell me to do it. Boy, you got to explain everything to me. Well, the Lord understands that. He's got to teach you some lessons. So that's what he says here. No matter his tone of voice, no matter what style of preaching he offers you to tell you you ought to bless him, he comes back and says, well, here, let me tell you. Let me give you some good reasons why you ought to bless the Lord. The Bible says forget not all of his benefits. That's what you do. You forgot his benefits. That's why you're crying. Amen. I got reason to cry, ain't you? I got reason to be downhearted, ain't you? I mean, look around some of these ugly people in here. If you had to come preach at some of these ugly folks and had to look right at them, you'd you'd have some reason to be sad yourself. If you had to sit up there and look at this ugly mug, 
Amen. Had to look at one of the only bearded Baptists in the country. You might have, you might have reason uh, to, 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 to get down in the dumps yourself. You might, if you just, just looking at what's in front of you, kind of depress you. Mm-hmm. If you're not thankful. Amen. But the Bible says, forget, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all his benefits. You done forgot about your benefits. That's what's wrong with you. You won't shout a lick. You won't move a lick. You won't hit a lick. Some of you wouldn't lick a lollipop just to see how many licks it'd take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center. Amen? You'd cheat and bite it off, wouldn't you? Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. You say, what is the benefits, Brother Mike? Well, he says right there in verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Hey, you ain't going to have to answer for them sins that's been put under the blood. I ain't talking to lost people right now. I'm talking to saved people. Amen. You folks, I tell you, if you're lost, the benefit is Jesus died on the cross for your sins. But this passage right here is talking to somebody that already knows the Lord, already knows that God is his Father. And listen, a lot of people go a long ways from the day they got saved, and their biggest problem is they forgot their iniquities. Boy, that day you got saved, you was glad to have that weight off your shoulder. That day you got saved, you went home and called somebody and said, hey, I just got saved. You might not have called everybody on the planet, but I bet they was somebody that had been witnessing to you, and I bet they had been telling you about the Lord, and I bet it wasn't very long after you got saved, you got on the phone and said, hey, hey, remember you was telling me about the Lord? I just wanted to tell you I got saved because it meant something down in your soul. Hey, I bet most of you went home and maybe if you was far away from your mom and dad, I bet you called your daddy and said, hey, I got saved today. I know you and mama been praying for me for so long and you've been staying up nights praying while I was staying up nights drinking and you were staying up nights praying while I was running around town and you were staying up nights praying while I was driving drunk and I just wanted to tell you that your prayers are answered. Everything's going to be all right now because I'm saved by the grace of God. I got saved today. I bet you was happy about it. I bet you was excited about it a little bit. Amen. Amen. You wasn't worried about the rent the day you got saved, I bet you. Huh? You wasn't worried about your health the day you got saved. The day you got saved, I bet you said, boy, if I die right now, I go straight to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. The sooner the better. Amen. You said, glory to God, bring it on. Amen. Amen. He said, who forgiveth all that? He said, he said forget not all his benefits. And his b- benefits is... He forgiveth all that iniquity, all of them, every single one of them. We got a bunch of Pharisees today looking down on one another because he did that or he done that or he done that. You done worse and God saved you and forgave you of it. Hey Amen. That stuff is gone. I bet three quarters of you down in the dumps because you've been saved. Those old iniquities have been under the blood for years, but the only place they're haunting is your mind and your memory, and you ought to keep enough regret not to do it again. But I'm telling you what, your iniquities are forgiven. They're forgotten. God ain't going to bring them up no more. God ain't holding a grudge over that thing. If for some reason that sin affected your body and you're reaping what you're sowing, you better thank God you're not dead from it. But God ain't sitting around somewhere in the, in the corner of heaven saying, I can't believe he done that back when he was 12. I can't believe he done that back when he was 12. You ought to forget about it because God done forgive you for it. Amen. But you don't forget it. You drag it along with you. Amen. You drag it on with you. Excess baggage. Mm-hmm. Drag it along with you like some of your wives drag you to church. That's right. Who forgiveth all thine iniquity. Some of you wouldn't come if your wife didn't make you. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I'm for a wife running the family. Amen. Amen. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. All of them. You say all of them, Brother Mike? Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Amen. Who forgiveth. The Bible says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. You upright walking today? Walking around? Not dead? Not down at the morgue? I, I want to live, don't you? 
Amen. I've seen days that I'd rather not live. I'm not talking about that I wouldn't want to be alive. I'm talking about I wouldn't want to live the events of that day. I wouldn't want to go through some things, and I wouldn't want to go back through some things. I see some days in my past that I regret that I wouldn't want to do over if I had the chance, but I can't do nothing about that. Can't do nothing about that at all. Amen? I've run through some consequences from other people's actions. I'd rather not live through those things again. Amen? But I thank God I'm alive. Amen? Amen? I thank God that he's given me breath. Amen? I know the, the Bible says right there, who healeth all thy diseases. And I know I'm stretching it just a little bit because every situation you've been in might not have been a disease or something like that. But did you know that every one of you, you may not even know it, but I'm here to tell you, every one of you has been through something that you very easily could have not come back from. Yeah. Right. Amen? How many of you ever had a cold? You know, that could have turned into something that would have ended your life right there. Amen. Now, I will, I will grant you that there are people who are going through hardships. Some of the greatest men in the Bible went through hardships to where they said, God, take my life from me. They despaired of life. Some of the greatest men in the Bible done that. You yourself might have been to the place in sickness, in situation, maybe in your marriage, I don't know, where you thought, man, I'd be better off dead. But I guarantee you, when you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll thank God for every good moment. You'll thank God for every ray of sunshine. You'll thank God for the roses on every little cheek you ever pinched. You'll thank God for every truth you ever heard in these ears. Say, Brother Mike, my ears are sick. My eyes are sick. My heart is sick. My body's sick. But you ought to thank God for every truth that's come across that sick body and those tired ears. You ought to thank God for it because there's been many a folk that hadn't had the opportunities you have. Amen. Amen. There's been people that's went through this life seemingly carefree and died and went to hell. There's been people who's went through this life and suffered every evil imaginable and died and went to hell. And then there's some people that go through hardship and God comes along and reveals his truth to them and saves them and reveals his peace to them and his grace to them and they know a life in the Lord that nobody else will ever know, that nobody else will understand. They live a life in Christ that Abraham himself can't conceive, that Elijah never dreamed possible. Listen, they live a life in Jesus Christ and have a peace down in their heart that all hell can't shake and you ought to be glad over that, amen. You've come back from things, you've come back from things you don't even know. No, you were going through. And God's brought you back from it. When you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll know him. You'll see him clearly. You'll see him clearly. You say, how do I know? My Bible tells me right here in the book of Psalms, when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Amen. I see all these military shirts now. I got a few of them myself, but not one that says anything stupid like this. One of them I read the other day said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, because I'm the baddest blankety-blank in the valley. That's a poor and a weak and a sick and a silly mind that comes up with that. Amen? When you go to pass through death, when you come to pass through the valley of the shadow of death, none but the hand of God will give you any peace. Your M16s and your AR-15s, and your AK-47s and your Glock 19s won't be there for you in the day of your death. But I know one still small voice that'll be there with me. Amen. Amen. So that death, so that death will be the greatest healing of disease that I've ever seen in my life. Amen. Not a one of you people in here saved by the grace of God got to fear death. Not one of you got to fear it. Amen. Because the Bible said he'll be there to go. Matter of fact, I got news for you. He's already tasted it for every man. Amen. So much so that the Bible says, Oh, death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy sting? Amen. Amen. Said so Brother Mike, you got that backwards. Well, if I did, it's right anyway. Amen. Argue with a signpost. Amen. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He not only saved you, but boy, he turned your life around. You know where you was headed before you got saved? 
Boy, just think, let me just give you a dramatic pause there so you can think about where your life was headed. Uh, some of you fellas, you'd have been dope dealers and maybe dead by now. Some of you'd have been running white liquor and you'd been dead by now. Some of you'd be out on a creek on Sunday morning fishing instead of in the house of God. And that'd have been the day that boat turned over and knocked you senseless and down to the bottom of the black water you'd have went. Amen. You don't know what God saved you from when he saved you. Amen. All you know is you woke up this morning in the merciful hands of God. And it's been a great day because God saved you. You don't know what all God's kept you from since he saved you. You don't know what he's kept you from since he saved you. But I, I, can, I can sum it up for you. He saved you from destruction. The, the way of the transgressor is hard. Hmm? The Bible says right there, he said, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He re, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Some of, you, some of you was heading for a kidney dialysis. Some of, you was, some of you was drinking yourself to death. Some of you was heading for a liver failure. Hmm? Some of you was heading that direction. Listen, I was already saved and backslid while I was in the Marine Corps. I found myself going through a bottle of tequila or a bottle of Jack Daniels and two or three cases of beer a week. I'm telling you, I was drinking like an idiot, drinking like an idiot. Yes, sir. But it was God's mercy, just like God's mercy in saving a man. God let me wake up out of the hog pen and get back on the straight and narrow and get back in God's word. And boy, I deserve a thousand deaths, deserve a thousand deaths for the things that I've done since I've been saved. But you know what God did? He delivered my life from destruction. Some of you folks, since you've got saved, you've been messing around with stuff you ought not have been messing around with. And thank God for his goodness in coming around every once in a while and saying, straighten up, son. Now straighten up. And the things that he's kept you from and the things that he's protected you from, you ought to stand up and say, hallelujah, hallelujah. You say, why? Otherwise, it'd be destruction. Otherwise, it'd be destruction. Some of you, listen, some of you sitting right here tonight, you'd be divorced from that wife tonight had you not got saved. Amen. Some of you ladies, you'd have lost that husband if you'd have kept living the way you was living. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some of you girls, you've seen girls come in and out of this church. You've seen them make a little profession of faith, and I hope they got saved. I pray to God that they got saved. But you've seen them go out those back doors and the lives they've made, the, the, the lives they've made for themselves. Lost husbands and lost children. Hey, young men, you've seen men, you've seen grown men come in this building, sit down, make a profession of faith, and say, hey, preacher, I want to do something for God, and I want to be in the ministry. And you've heard, you've heard, you've read it in the papers, you've heard amongst the grapevine how they've run into the back of log trucks and went out into eternity. You say, what happened? They took their lives in their own hands and it turned out to be nothing but destruction and it could be you it could be me it could have been any one of us any one of our hearts could have been turned down a dark road just one television program just one song on the radio just one moment of God letting us have our own way could have sent us off a dark road and a devilish road and a road that leads to destruction but God who is rich in mercy for his great mercy, who's rich in mercy, amen, loved us and saved us, redeemed our life. Redeemed. The Bible says he redeemed thy life from destruction. He paid a great price to keep you out of trouble. That, that redeemed, that word redeemed means there was a monetary transaction there. The Bible says his blood was more precious than any gold or silver or any kind of thing like that. Your safety been bought with a high price. Oh, if you could just see how God moves and how God works to keep us out of trouble. I say us that I say not you. I'm talking about us. God does great things. The Bible says everybody that falls into temptation, he makes a way for them to escape. You know what that means? That means God's a busy God. Amen. What pays for all. You know, if, if the government did as much work for you that God does for you, your taxes would be 95%. You know it costs a lot to choreograph safety. They'll put $10 million worth of state trooper cars on the highway to make $6 million in revenue. 
all supposedly to keep you safe? You know how much coordination it takes to keep you safe? Have you ever thought about how much time you spent keep your little children safe? Watching what they eat and watching what they put in their mouth and watching where they're playing and watching where they're going and watching that they don't get sick and watching that their little boogers are picked and that their hands are washed. And do you, Have you thought about how much time you spend taking care of them little rugrats you got? How much coordination that takes. How that every moment of the day you've got to be mindful. And there's never a time when you can let up and be unmindful about the safety of your children. You ever been along there? Don't that make you think about what God must be doing taking care of our little children? If he promised, if he promised that every temptation we fall into, he'll make a way of escape. That's a big responsibility right there. You say what? He delivered our life. He redeemed our life from destruction. I wonder what God would do. I wonder what he would have time. He created this world in seven days. Six days he created it. One day he rested. Everybody believe that? We got any atheists thinking up the joint? Hmm. Do you believe God created the earth in six days and then he rested on the seventh day? That's how much he got done in just six days. Imagine what God could have done with this place we live on right now had he not been having to look out for our stupidity every day. I mean, when we weren't in the way, look at what all he got done in just six days. Can you imagine when we get to heaven and time is no more and we've stepped out into eternity and there's nothing now but a a fixed heart and a right heart and a good God. Can you imagine what he's going to create? Can you imagine what he's going to turn Mars into? Listen, I hope NASA don't get to Mars and mess it up before we get there, amen. Of course, it don't really matter. Theologically and biblically and doctrinally speaking, God's going to melt whatever they do on Mars and redo it and refix it. He probably won't even call it Mars because God ain't that stupid. Amen. But God's going to make something that's going to be so wonderful and you're going to be sitting out there on a star one day just riding the moonbeam someplace 10 billion light years from here and you're going to think back to a day when God reached down to Folkestone, Georgia and redeemed your life and kept you safe and looked after you and looked after your wife and looked after your children and forgave you every time you hollered and met your needs and fed you catfish and cornbread and bacon like what he wouldn't even give his own people the Jews amen but God's been taking care of you old Gentiles free for nothing and one of these days you're going to think praise God amen Amen. some old child born on the backside of Neptune going to say what you praising about you wouldn't understand son you wouldn't understand what I'm thinking about right now amen what will be going on your soul will be blessing the Lord amen you say why because he redeemed your life from destruction. He said, Who crowneth thee with love and kindness and tender mercy? You realize how good the Lord is to you. Amen. He didn't just save you from destruction, but He was good to you too. Yes, I mean, it looks like Him taking all that time to keep us out of trouble. He wouldn't have time to do much else. Uh, but He's a God that's infinite. He's a God that's got power enough to do two things at one time. Amen. He's got power enough to do two things at a million times. <laughs> You figure that one out, amen. A lot of crazy things come across my brain, but I tell you this, God can be over here fixing a way for me to escape and be over here with Brother Nathan after he done confessed a good confession and got some sins under the blood and got his eyes all wet with tears and put his hand down there on his shoulder and say, how you doing today, son? Thought I'd come by and talk with you a little bit. You ever been like that? You ever had one of them experiences? You ever got, listen, I got news for you folks that, you know, you want to be around a crowd all the time and you always got to have something to whisper about or gossip about or backbite about. Hey man, you don't know what the blessing is of getting off somewhere by yourself and getting down on a knee and asking God to meet with you and opening up the Bible and hearing the milk and honey flow off of them pages and God speak to your soul about questions you've been asking for years and have God speak with you and fellowship with you. And you say, what is that, Brother Mike? That's his love and kindness. Amen. That he would come down and talk to some dust. Amen. That he would spend a little bit of time with an old country boy from Virginia with no education, no sense. Amen. No money, no houses, no lands, no kingdoms to rule over. 
Amen. No credentials. No, no, no uh, DDSs and PhDs and none of that stuff. Got none of that stuff. But God from heaven come down in the still hours of the morning when you're reading your Bible and said, look at this, son. I want to show you this right here. Well, God, I'm kind of worried. I mean, I've been pretty bad lately. And I, I just don't know if you'll deal with me no more. And he said, my, my mercy's are new every morning, son. You know what that is? You know what mercy's new every morning is, Tommy? That's kindness. That's kindness. That's something Baptists don't know about. You step out of Baptist order just a little bit, you get disowned in a heartbeat. Yeah. Hey, you'll get shunned in a heartbeat. You let you dress, and I'm not saying you ought to do this. I'm just saying you let you dress. You ladies let you dress slip one inch below, above your knee, and you'll find out some people will quit associating with you. Now, lower your hem, all right? Get it down where it ought to be, all right? But I'm talking about a God that can forgive you and associate with you and deal with your heart and plead with you. And you're definitely not going to live up to God's standards. Amen. You say, what is that? That's called kindness. That's what the Bible tells Christians to be, but we fall far short of the mark. He said, be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Whoo, that's a tall order. He said, Brother Mike, I want to go back to this love the Lord. You know, you don't want to go back there. Some people think they can keep that commandment. They think they can keep the commandment, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. And they can't even keep the one about, be ye kind one to another. Woo, you in trouble. You say, well, how come God ain't killed me yet if I'm in trouble? Because of his kindness. Because of his long suffering. Boy, he said, Brother Mike, I've been getting away with this for a long time. That's because he's kind. Brother Mike, you've been preaching, saying the things I'm doing is wrong. You've been saying that I ain't right with God. You've been saying I shouldn't do all these things. And I'm doing all these things. And I ain't dead and God ain't whooping me. There's only two options there. Either number one, you ain't saved. Or number two, you are saved. And God's just as kind as he said he was. God's as long-suffering as he said he was. Listen, I'm going to tell you to do right, Chris, but at the same time, we're not going to be all that we ever should be, but our God is going to be continually kind. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that he is. I wouldn't survive if he wouldn't. Amen. Well, I like this next part. You might not like this next part. You might want to go home right here. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. Oh, Brother Spike, them catfish we caught out there on the river. You say, what you talking about? That's what he's talking about. Satisfy thy mouth with good things. Ain't you glad the Lord let you eat? Yeah. <laughs> amen. But see, we bow our head when we sit down and say, God bless this food, amen. That's all we ever think about it. But man, have you ever thought about what you're actually doing? You're sitting down eating. The stork could have very, <laughs> the stork could have very well have dropped you off in Kenya. Yeah. The stork could have dropped you off in a wealthy Jewish family that didn't believe in eating no bacon. Therefore, you would have had a double curse. You'd have the money to buy it, and the rules would have been against you. And you'd have had a double whammy. Amen. Here you are. God dropped you down in the south with plenty of catfish and hogs running around in the woods. The hogs are running. You ain't even got to keep them. You ain't got to slop them. You ain't got to feed them. You ain't got to do nothing. Just run out there and ambush them. Set up a hasty ambush. Shoot them down with a machine gun. Go out there and cut them up. If you're real lazy, just cut the lines out of them, cut the bacon out of them, cut the back strap out of them, leave the rest of it laying there. The coyotes will come by and clean it up for you. Boy, God knows Southerners are lazy, don't he? Give them hogs running around and a clean-up crew to boot. And these crazy, crazy, crazy folks running around down south shooting the coyotes. 
Who's going to clean up your mess if you kill them all? And man, well, they're killing our bunny rabbits. You can raise them in a cage behind your house if you want some bunny rabbits. Hey, man, God forbid, forbid you miss your Easter celebrations. Hey, man, I've been trying to get eggs out of bunny rabbits for 50 years. It ain't never worked for me. Hey, man, but God sure has satisfied your bellies. Y'all look down at your bellies. There ain't none of us in here that can't... That, how do I say that? Every one of us, it's a possibility for every one of us to see him. It ain't hiding from none of us. When I was a little boy, my, my brother used to go, he'd get tore up about it. My little brother, he'd get tore up about the fact. We'd be outside playing. I'd take my shirt off and show him my belly. It would freak him out. He, he would run in the house. Michael looks just like a skeleton. <laughs> I'd pull my shirt up and suck my belly in, and my belly button could literally scratch up against my backbone. And he would freak out and run in. Michael's turning into a skeleton. Oh, he was worried about that, amen? Those were the good old days. <laughs> now I've got to move it over to tie my shoes. <laughs> amen. Get out of the way, old belly. But you know what that comes from, don't you? From God satisfying my mouth with good things. Amen. And then God was on our side. He said, bodily exercise profiteth little. Amen. I got real interested in exercising one time. Then I read that verse. And I said, Pfft. amen. God said it didn't help that much. Amen. God, see there? See how good God is to you? Getting out of your next yoga lesson. Mm-hmm. I hope you ladies ain't doing no yoga. It's of the devil. I didn't mean to throw some real preaching in there, but that stuff's of the devil. That's Eastern mysticism. You better stay away from it. Amen. Open yourself up to some devils. Amen. But at least you can eat some catfish while you're doing it. Amen. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle. Eat something, amen. Get some strength up and get out and do some work. Amen. That's what food's for. It's connected to work. Amen. I just ain't feeling like working much. Get you something to eat and get out there and work. If you're going to quit work, then quit eating. Yeah, Is that what the Bible says? Yeah. Amen. What's my health problem? You're, you're eating and you're not working. Amen. So, well, I don't believe that way. Well, then go on ahead and keep wrecking your health then. Get out and sweat a little bit every day and do some work and then eat. You're going to eat without working. You're going to get unhealthy. I promise you that. I promise you that. Amen. God not trying to. God, when he said, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. He's not trying to set stipulations on lazy people. That's not the point. Of course, it fits real good. That's not the point. The point is, eating was designed to renew your strength so that you can do work. And it's a proven fact, if you don't do any physical labor, you can go a couple of days without eating and it won't hurt you. Now you go talk to your doctor about that. You believe him more than me anyway. Amen. Who satisfies that? I believe I can quit on bacon. Don't you? Well, we ain't got much shouting, so I'll go on. Amen. Let me just read. Let me read the rest of the passage. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. You know, when God sees you in trouble, He's going to come help you? Amen. Amen. That's something to bless the Lord about. Amen. You know, all that stuff that was close calls, the Lord helped you out with that. Amen. Amen. You know, some of you has been in business dealings around town here, and it looked like somebody was going to get over on you, but it come out in your favor because God was on your side. Amen. Amen. You say, well, no, that's because I wrangled a little bit. No, God was on your side, and God helped you get out of those things. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 7, He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. Ain't you glad God will reveal Himself to you? You know what He'd do? If you'd get down on your knees and ask Him to instruct you in your way, God would tell you how to live. He really would. He really would. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised... 
I wouldn't be surprised if over 75% of the sermons that I've preached in the last 10 years have been the result of somebody saying, God, I want to know about this. Or God, I want to know about that. Or God, I need the answer to that. And I couldn't tell you how many missionaries are on the foreign field because somebody over there said, God, I want to know what's right. I believe that way. I believe that sort of thing. Amen. Even if they don't get there in the right way, I believe that missionaries ought to be over there some way, shape, or form. I believe when somebody wants to know the truth, God will make known his ways. Amen. Verse number eight, the Lord is merciful. That's where you say amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. Some people act like that's all God does, but he will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. The wages of sin is death. We'd be dead if he dealt with us after our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. So how much mercy does God have? Well, go out there and look up and see if you can see the top of the sky. You can't even see it at night. Amen. I stepped out this morning, looked up there, and then about 9 o'clock, I looked over there in the same place, and the moon was standing up there in the bright sunlight. It looked close enough I could have shot it with a paper airplane. But did you know what? That's a long ways out there. Amen. It's out there a long ways. And the Lord said, if you can see how great that sky is, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. That's how great his mercy is. You think you sin twice, God's going to hit you with a lightning bolt. And he may correct you. He will correct those that he loves, but his mercy is great. If you, if you weren't wondering how great his mercy is, just step out there tonight and look up at one of them stars. If you can imagine how far away that star is, you can imagine what the volume of God's mercy is. For as the, earth, as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Boy, that's a long ways right there. You know, you can, you can, uh, you can start at the south and you can find the north and you can go back and find the south again, but you can't do that going east to west. You start traveling west, you travel west forever. That's how we know the earth ain't flat. Yeah. Amen. Because you head east and you head east forevermore. Amen. Until you turn around. That's how far God said he removed your sins as far as east is from the west. That's infinity if you didn't know. Amen. As far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children. That's what I was telling you a while ago. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. You look after your little children with much care, and God does that for you. You know why he does that? For he knoweth our frame. How many of you daddies that's got teenage boys, I don't have one yet, and Lord help me when that one of mine does become a teenager. But you daddies that have teenage boys, don't you, I mean, when they got about 12 or 13, didn't you cringe a little bit? Knowing what you was like when you was 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, and didn't you say, oh, my Lord, be merciful. You know why you said that? Because you know his frame. And the Bible says that God knows our frame. He understands us. Amen. He's not going to put much confidence in us, but he ain't going to put the full weight of his wrath on us either because he knows what we're made out of. You know what he knows, Brother Curtis? You can't do no different. You can be trained but you can't get rid of that fleshly nature. You can be disciplined, but you can't get rid of that nature. Your frame is your frame. You ever seen a car get in an accident and they say, well, we got to total that. What's the biggest cause of that total loss? Frame's messed up. You put that car back on the road, but it ain't going to run right. It's going to eat up tires. It's going to break, it's going to break them little mechanical parts underneath it's going to rub them raw and bend them up and everything's going to be out of whack because the frame's messed up. Amen. You know why you have so much problem in this flesh? Because your frame's messed up. Amen. Some of you riding on a bent frame. Amen. 
He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. Grow one day and be gone the next. As the flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For, it, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting, back before he made Adam, to everlasting, out there when he makes a new heaven and new earth. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto the children, unto children's children. You want to help out your children? You folks listen to me that's got little children. You want to help them out? Don't be contentious. Fear the Lord. Bend under his hand. Submit yourself under his hand. Fear the Lord. The Bible says the Lord will not only take care of you, he'll take care of your children's children. Amen. Brother Curtis, you can make an investment in your children's children. I can make an investment in my children's children. And I don't even have no children's children yet. But I can start making an investment right now. Amen. That's what the scripture says. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Upon who? Them that fear him. And his righteousness unto the children's children. To such as keep his covenant. And to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens. And his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord ye his angels that excel in strength. That do his commandments hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord all ye his hosts. Ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Can you bless the Lord in your soul tonight? Is it more than just a lip service? Is it more than just some feigned testimony in front of your friends for appearance sake? Listen, forget about appearance sake and remember that God knows who you are and what you are. Get your heart right with him. Fear him. Keep his commandments and then your, your soul will get a renewing like you've never seen before. You'll be able to wake up even knowing who you are and say, praise God for his Wonderful goodness. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Thank you, dear God, for your goodness tonight. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your guidance. I pray, O God, you'd help us this this evening, God, to, to look down deep in our own souls and examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. I thank you for these people that come out on a Wednesday night, God, and I believe you had a word of encouragement for them tonight. I had my own plans, but God, I believe you have your own plans. And I thank you, God, for again, for your leadership. I thank you for your mercy on me, the chief of sinners. I believe I rival Paul any day as being the chief of sinners. But I pray, God, you'd help me. And I know you've forgiven me. I know your forgiveness is true. I know my head is hard, but I know, and my heart is hard many times. And I pray you'd forgive me of that. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us tonight. Lord, now let us go home with the idea in our hearts that we ought to be praising you rather than wallowing in the mire and in the muck of this world. And I thank you, God, for what you do. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you for coming tonight. God bless you for coming.